This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz. Wesley Euler flying solo today. I mean, you know I had to play a little dead here with no Motsi in attendance. All right, I timed that one up perfectly. Huh? You got a lot of tweets rolling in. At Wesley Euler is where you can get at me. But as always, right, even when Moats can't be here, we still are going to hear from our partner in crime, from our fearless linebacking leader, Arthur Moats, one of the original staples of this show. We've gotten some new participation on Twitter today, so I'm assuming we have some new listeners. Welcome to the party, everybody. If you are just rocking with us for the first time, you know, this is the fourth season that Moats and I have done this show, that we've covered the Steelers in this capacity. And one of our very first staples was a little thing called Five Star Friday. It was a very simple concept, right? Arthur Motes, from his keen football eye, having spent a decade in the National Football League, he gives us the five biggest matchups that we should watch that are going to decide the outcome. Whoever wins more of these matchups most likely is going to be victorious Sunday at Heinz Field. It's time now to hear from the professor for a little Five Star Friday. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star Friday. Matchup number one. Well, let's get after it, big fella. I want to talk about the NFL's highest paid defender, T.J. Watt, versus rookie right tackle Alex Leatherwood. Hey, now. Now I'm excited about this because we know Alex Leatherwood was somebody that, you know, was highly regarded coming out of college. Man, he, he was really debated throughout the draft process. Yeah, and, and some people might say that he went a little bit too high going to 17th overall, but either way, he is a high pedigree tackle and a good player. But we know what T.J. Watt is. We saw what that man did last week. He is a man on a mission. And I'm sorry, Alex, but you just happen to be next up on the list of victims. <laughs> so for me, man, I'm excited to watch this because if TJ Watt can continue to do what he's been doing in terms of just creating absolute havoc and chaos, man, this defense is going to be in for a great day. And I definitely like this matchup for TJ. You remember when um, Ocho Cinco was in his prime? Absolutely. He had, that he checklist? had, the, he had the checklist yes. in his locker. Mm-hmm. I wonder if TJ has one of those. Like, seriously. Just crossing bodies off I, the list. I, I hate it had to be you, Alex, but you just next up, baby. It's not personal. It's business. Uh. Welcome to the league, Rook. Five-star Friday. Matchup number two. Now we got to talk about Derek Carr, man, because he is a guy that is 50-50 at moments, right? First half of a game, nah. You probably want to throw him away. Second half of the game, well, wait a minute. Maybe this guy is good. He's a head-scratcher. But the one thing that I do understand about Derek Carr is pressure gets to him. So this matchup becomes Derek Carr versus this Steelers pass rush because we know for a fact they can wreck serious havoc, not just on the outside with your outside linebackers, TJ White, Alex Highsmith, and Melvin Ingram, but also up in the interior with a guy like Cam Hayward. Sure. When I think of that, I say to myself, man, if they create that type of atmosphere that they did in Buffalo, 
Derek Carr struggles with that in a big way. And the Raiders already have question marks on the front of their offensive line due to some of the injuries as well. That's one that the Steelers need to dominate, though. They have to create that type of havoc, that type of chaotic environment for Derek Carr so he can't be comfortable. And he can ultimately look more like first half Derek Carr versus fourth quarter slash overtime Derek Carr. Did a good job against that. Uh, did a good job of that against Josh Allen last week. Let's keep that rolling against Derek Carr. Five Star Friday, matchup number three. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we happen to have a freak of nature back at safety by the name of Mika Fitzpatrick. But the Vegas Raiders happen to have a freak of nature who happens to play uh, tight end slash wide receiver by the name of Darren Waller. Now, plenty of people have said, well, hey, man, what do you do? How do you guard a guy like Darren? Do you put a linebacker on him? Do you put a cornerback on him? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you know the answer? You put Minka Fitzpatrick on him because Minka has the range. He has the size and he has the strength to compete with a guy like Darren in coverage. Now, there'll be some other things that the Steelers will do defensively to mix up how they want to guard Darren and give him different looks. But ultimately, Minka is going to be that guy. He needs to be the guy either when it's man-to-man or if he's providing over-the-top help because that will be another thing. And what Derek Carr likes to do, he will at times force the ball to Darren Waller. You saw that on Monday night. And that's where Mika has to capitalize. When that ball is forced there, when he has a chance to get his hand on that football, make Derek Carr pay because they will force it to Darren Waller. They definitely will. They absolutely will. Uh, Derek Carr threw an interception on Monday trying to force the ball to Darren Waller. And had another one dropped. He's... He's a great tight end, but they can be very predictable in that in those uh, in a lot of those circumstances for sure. Five Star Friday. Here we go. Matchup number four. Well, hello there. And I'm assuming this guy had to reintroduce himself to America. Hove. He goes by the name of Max Crosby. Now we've seen Max in the past, and he's been a good player. But on Monday night, he looked like he was a great player. Now it could have been the matchup at right tackle. Who knows? Hmm. But this week, Chooks, a coral four. Let's see what you got, young fella. It's your time to shine, baby. Yep. I don't need you to be the best right tackle in the league. I just need you to be better than the right tackle that showed up on Monday Night Football to block Max Crosby. Because if you do that, you provide seven with the time that he needs. Mm -hmm. And if seven gets the time versus that secondary, we will all be on the edge of our seats loving life. All right? But it starts up front. And Chooks, you have to be able to provide that protection for, for seven. And Max is coming in very confident, and he's feeling very good about himself in this matchup. But Chooks, it's on you to let him know that you mean business. It's on you to let him know that the way you finish the game, that's the real you. It's on you, Chooks, to let the people know that you will not continue to be viewed as the worst lineman on this team. You will not stand by that. You will not go quietly into that dark night, baby. And I got your back, Chook, so let's get it going. No, I love it. That's certainly one that Steeler Nation, after making fun of, you know, formerly of this parish, the right tackle of the Baltimore Ravens, and they'll be keeping an eye on Chooks, hoping for uh, the script to flip in that regard. Yes, indeed. On Sunday at Heinz Field. Him, 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 him. Uh-oh. Is it is it that time? Is, la, it, is la, it really la, that time? La, la, la. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. He's going to do it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Five Star Friday. Ooh, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. I love it. He does this. 
Gotcha number five. That was a thing of beauty, by the way. A thing of beauty. I'm auditioning to be the next Bruce Buffer. I want to be the guy who gets to grab the microphone. Oh, that's what it was? It's time. Shout out to Michael then. All right, let's go. So this fifth and final matchup is an interesting one. Very important. Najee Harris in this running game mm. versus that Raiders front seven. Now, we know our running game still left us feeling like we want more. Left us feeling a little underwhelming. Left us feeling a little less than varsity at times. But the Raiders front seven, as it pertains to the run game, has them feeling a little underwhelmed. Agreed. Has them feeling a little bit less than varsity mm -hmm. at times. But this needs to be the one. This needs to be the game where Najee and company get it going. They finished the game really well in Buffalo. Najee was able to break off some nice runs. Mm -hmm. We know this Raiders front allowed Tyson Hill, I mean Tyson Williams, to have success against them. Break off some very impressive runs. Now, it's not a shot at Tyson. But he's not J.K. Dobbins. And he's along with Gus the fact Edwards. he was a practice squad player prior to this game. Okay? So if he can do that, with their makeshift offensive line as well, who's dealing with some injuries, there's no excuse why Najee Harris and this Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line shouldn't be able to do similar things to this Raiders Agreed. front. So for me, that is the fifth and final matchup that we need to be paying close attention to because if, the, if they can get that, if the Steelers can get that running game going, the passing attack will be there. But they have to get that run game going. The five matchups that will determine the outcome of Raiders. Steelers. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Heinz Field on the north shore of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Arthur Motes, one more time for those who just want to double-check their notes or who might have missed it from the start. Your five-star matchups to keep an eye on Sunday afternoon. Yes, numero uno starts out with the NFL's highest-paid defender, T.J. Watt, versus the rookie right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. Second matchup we got to talk about is Derek Carr. In the curious case of Derek Carr, because we don't know which one to show up, but we know Derek Carr versus an elite pass rush. Hey, 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 that's where it gets interesting. That car starts to look like a uh, 98 Civic. Absolutely. So Derek Carr versus the Steelers pass rush is definitely number two on the list. Number three, Minka Fitzpatrick versus Darren Waller. Now, Minka's going to match up with him some, but he's also going to be providing over-the-top coverage as well. And we know that they like to force Darren Waller the ball. Minka has to capitalize on those opportunities, man. Splash plays are coming. Splish splash. I know I can't. I, I, I love splashing. I just, ah, ooh, ooh. I wish I was in a wave pool right now. I'd be splashing. Splish, 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 splash. Splish, 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 splash. But that'd be for another day when it's hot outside. Number four on the list, though. Max Crosby. The reimagined. The reincarnated. Born <laughs> the, again. The rebirth. Born again on Monday night. Of Max Crosby versus Chooks Core 4. All Chooks needs to do is be better than the right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens in that Monday Night Football game. If Chooks can do that, I like us a lot. But he can't allow Max to have that type of impact because that can kill your offensive productivity and your offensive plans. But then we go to the fifth and final five-star matchup. Najee Harris in this running game getting back on track versus that Raiders front seven, who at times on Monday night versus Baltimore struggled against the run. But those are the five. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. There you go. 
from the desk of the Professor Arthur Motes, your five matchups that will determine the outcome of Stellar's Raiders Sunday at Heinz Field. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Uh, at Wesley Euler is where you can get involved on the Twitter.com. Me tweets us with his typical three questions. Number one, what's up with Chris Carter's ridiculous comments about Ben this week? Yeesh. Y- you got, you're right. They were ridiculous comments. We also had some fun with, you know, with our buddy Chris Carter versus the national Chris Carter and some people who were getting angry at local Chris because they thought he was national Chris. But you guys know where I stand on this. I, I, I don't like to get riled up by this stuff because that's what they want. Newsflash. All right, everybody, huddle up here real quick. All right, take a knee, huddle up. I want to share a life secret with you. Newsflash. If you ignore people when they say and redo and do ridiculous things, eventually they'll just go away, right? Like when Chris Carter goes on Good Morning Football and spouts out off about Ben Roethlisberger, he's doing that for the reaction, for the traction on social media and, and just all the attention that that's going to bring. Just ignore them. It's the same thing. You know what drives me crazy? Like every time somebody posts an article about the Kardashians or something like that, and there's a thousand people that comment, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. All you're doing is helping drive engagement and clicks and impressions and spreading that reach. If you truly don't care, ignore it. That's not just for sports takes. That's not just for entertainment stuff like the Kardashian family. That applies to politics as well, too, folks. If you don't like somebody, if someone's saying something outlandish and ridiculous just for attention, the way that you take their power away is not by calling them an idiot. It's by just ignoring them because that's what they want. They want the comments and the clicks and the engagement and the impressions. Don't give it to them. Question number two from me is a crepe a sandwich. <laughs> I No, it's a pancake, but... It You can roll it up and stuff things on the inside. And then again, I just described, and never mind. I, I, it's less of a sandwich than a hot dog. Okay, me? I see you over there. Question number three is, I need advice. Where's a good spot to hide your snacks from the wifey? <laughs> For me, this one's funny. I hope my wife isn't listening right now. Office drawer. All right? If you have like a if you have like a desk where you do work or whatever, you got a drawer there, that's the best spot. You, you, you try and hide them somewhere in the pantry or somewhere in one of the closets. She's gonna find them. You try and hide them in the refrigerator. She's gonna find them. I learned this the hard way. You try and hide your snacks or your candy in the garage, and the, it might melt due to the heat. So I'm going with desk drawer is the best place to hide snacks from your wifey, from your significant other, from anyone you're trying to hide snacks from on Twitter at Wesley or if you want to get involved with the show again if you tweet me your score prediction I will read it before we get out of here in our next segment that is my promise to you I did want to play one more thing here before we go to break before we come back do some song singing give some predictions all that fun stuff all the hijinks of a Friday Alex Highsmith is a guy who has really um, endeared himself to the Pittsburgh community in, in what just a year and a half Um, Came on strong at the end of last season in replacement of the injured Bud Dupree. Had a solid game number one this year. High expectations for this young man. Well, he was in our building on the airwaves this morning with the DVE Morning Show just a few hours ago. 
And let's hear what Alex Highsmith had to say this morning, looking ahead to the Raiders on Sunday. Morning, Alex. How are you? Doing great. Good morning to you guys. How y'all doing? All right, man. Hey, first of all, congratulations on your success. An awesome game this past Sunday against the Bills. This preseason, a lot of people had high expectations for you personally coming off of, you know, Bud Dupree's taking off and you're finally sort of stepping into that role. You showed such great promise last year. Then they add Melvin Ingram to the mix. We'll wait TJ to get signed. There was never any really thought he wasn't going to be around, but now all of a sudden the three headed monster appears with you, TJ and Melvin Ingram. Was there a point this summer when it dawned on you like, man, how are teams going to keep up against this? Man, I I knew you know as soon as you know we brought Melvin, you know that you know that we were going to you know, be something special. You know, TJ said it after the game against Buffalo, and I said it the other day. You know, I truly feel like we're going to be something special. Um, just the fact you know all three of us can come in and keep each other fresh, and the fact that all in, when we're all in, we can all produce. And so I think that just means a lot to show you know that you know the depth we have and just that rotation you know really I really do believe just like you said that it's a three-headed monster and so I can't wait you know for the rest of the the season to come for us to just keep getting better and better now I think the good thing for you in this scenario early in your career is like much like Devin Bush now has somebody in Joe Schobert that he you know can kind of uh possibly learn a little bit from just because of his you know veteran status now you had TJ and Melvin Ingram coming in. And instead of seeing that as threatening, I'm sure you looked at that as a great opportunity to learn a whole lot real fast. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I always said last year, you know, it was great to learn from Bud and TJ and, you know, just the same uh, this year as well. When they brought in Melvin, you know, I looked at it, you know, as an opportunity to be able to learn from just, you know, a guy who's been in this league for a while, you know, a Pro Bowl guy, a guy who knows what he's doing. And so he's been awesome so far. It's pretty cool. You know, me and him are also I'm from the same area code, North Carolina, so we can relate relate a little bit. And so it's been awesome to be able to learn from him and just to continue to learn from TJ. So I just continue to look forward to learn, learning from both of them and uh, can't wait you know, to see different moves and stuff. that they, They've already taught me a lot, so I'm just excited to continue to learn from them. Alex, we got a chance to talk to Melvin Ingram again yesterday, and uh, he talked about the rotation and how he doesn't really care how often he plays, just when they tell him to go in, he goes in, he does what he's supposed to do. It's a, it's an all-for-one team deal, and he, he, I don't know him that well, but he seems pretty sincere about that. You know, you guys as outside linebackers are, are judged on sacks kind of the way receivers are judged on catches and running backs are judged on yards. Uh, how, how are you able to maintain uh, that big-picture approach that uh, all three of you seem to really believe in? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, all three of us, you know, we're in an unselfish group and, you know, we're all going to play whatever role that we have to have to play. You know, I know that coming this year, you know, whatever role they have me uh, play, I'm just going to play that to the best of my ability. You know, I want to do whatever I can to help this team uh, win a Super Bowl. So when I'm on that field, I'm going to give them all and give them all our efforts. So I think that's just really the mindset that we have is, you know, we're an unselfish group. And so, you know, we're all going to be uh, trying to get those sacks when we get in. Uh, it looked like there was holding on every play this past <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of it. So it had to be especially galling to you when they're not calling holding as much as they obviously could have, but then they nailed you for an offsides where I don't think you were offsides. Yeah, I think I jumped it pretty good. I went back and watched the film, too. I, said, I actually saw it. Uh, uh, they replayed it in the stadium, and uh, I kind of kind kind of, of threw my arms up. I feel like it was a... It was a good jump, but that was something I've been trying to work on this whole offseason is um, my get-off and just getting on the ball faster. And I felt like I displayed that on uh, 
on on Sunday. I know it's going to turn into uh, you know more pressures and sacks soon. You were you were too good on that one, is what you're trying to say. You did it. You, you, you executed it too perfectly. I do. I do feel like I timed it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, I was down in Charlotte over Labor Day for the Clemson Georgia game, and I was walking into a bar, surprisingly, and there was a guy in front of me in a green jersey with number five, and it said Highsmith on the back. And watching Melvin Ingram, I think he looks pretty sleek in that number eight. Any thoughts about? Uh, Streamlining the number. Oh yeah, no, Melvin looks great in that. Hey, I remember when I came in. Um, when I came to Charlotte, when I came to Charlotte, I was just. Uh, I think I started off as fifty-eight, and then I was forty-six, and then it was five. So I definitely like a single digit number. I mean, I think for me, I'm gonna keep it fifty-six right now. But when I was in Charlotte, you know, I love, I love that five number. Yeah, I mean, it does look badass, but for some reason, those single numbers coming off the edge uh-huh. are pretty cool. But, yeah, but I don't know. Fifty-six is it fits you though. I, you know, I wouldn't hate on that number. Yeah, no, it's a good number. I love it. You know, it's a it's a historic number. You know, within the Steelers program, right. the guys like Lamar Woodley have worn it. You know, uh, you know, historic. You know, legends in this game have worn it. You know, guys like LT, and so you know, it's a, it's a great number in my opinion. So, all right, Derek Carr, the uh, Raiders coming into town. Waller seems to be his big target, but the guy, he moves around a lot in the pocket. What do you see from him? What do you have to stop him from uh, doing successfully this Sunday? Yeah, you know, Derek Carr's. Well, I'm not sure what happened there. Something crapped out in our system. That was Alex Highsmith just getting ready to talk about Derek Carr. Oh, man, it was just getting good. Ah, oh. That's just my luck, you know? That's just my luck on a day like today. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Um, that was Alex Highsmith on the DVE morning show this morning. If you, uh, if you want to hear that interview in its entirety, it was almost done there. Just like two minutes left. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, his last couple questions and answers there getting cut off by our system. Eh, it's a Friday. Everyone's checking out early. Uh, but you can listen to that in its entirety uh, if you just, wherever you get your podcast, if you search uh, DV, WDVE Morning Show, um, that today's episode is up. Like I said, that was Alex Highsmith this morning on with uh, Randy Bauman. Mike Pursuta, Val Porter. I don't think Bill was in today, but Bill Crawford, that's your DVE morning show. One of the best listens in the city. Again, sorry about that with the, the technical issue there. Um, but if you uh, if you want to listen to that interview in its entirety, you can get it on the DVE morning show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR, folks. Um, was looking at some of your tweets here. Again, keep tweeting in those predictions. I will read them in not long from now, honestly, probably about 10, 15 minutes from now, we'll get to those prediction tweets. Just tweet them once, all right? Don't feel like you have to double up. If you've tweeted me, it's it's in my mentions, it's in my notifications. I got you. But if you haven't yet and you want to get your prediction read on air, if you do tweet me your score prediction, I promise that I will uh, read it when we come back here uh, in the 1 o'clock hour on Friday. So if you're listening to this later tonight or Saturday or whenever, it, this is Friday afternoon. We're doing this live, all right? But if you get the tweet in live, I will read it when we return. We got this tweet from Austin. Uh, it says, doesn't the Colts' midseason hard knocks seem like a bad idea? If things are going bad, it can compound it. If they're going good, it can make little issues a huge distraction. Yeah, I agree, Austin. From my perspective, right, just from a, a 
sports fan who loves football, I I I would I'm going to watch it. Like I I think it's cool from that angle, from that perspective because we've never seen really something like this before, particularly in the NFL. You know, we've seen things like this more so in the NHL, in the NBA. A lot of college programs do these series type things now. I think you see it with some some foreign soccer teams as well too. A lot of those new Amazon series, you know, where they go behind the scenes with Tottenham or Manchester City. So from a sports geek, and I'm somebody who loves like documentary style film shows and and and, and movies and stuff around football. Like I'm a, I'm a 30 for 30 junkie. I love all the HBO sports documentaries as well too. But I would not want my team to do that. Absolutely not. I wouldn't want the Steelers to be on hard knocks, period, but certainly not during the season. Because you're right. I just, I, I don't see the benefit in it. And I think that's kind of the argument for hard knocks in general. It benefits the fans. But at the same time, too, I don't know if it ropes in casuals anymore. Like, hard knocks used to draw the casual sports fan, the, the non-diehard football fan in. But it's been so long now, we've had so many seasons of it, that I just don't think that's the case anymore. You know, it really felt like maybe like that Browns one in 2018 was the last one that everyone kind of gravitated to and and watched. But I just, it kind of feels like it's played out. You know what a parallel is, honestly, a little bit? Like almost like, and this is a completely different type of event, type of thing I'm talking, but it's almost in the same sense of like the NHL Winter Classic, right? It was really cool at first. It was a lot of fun at first, but eventually when something like that, something as unique as that, becomes part of your yearly calendar, it loses some of its uniqueness. It loses some of its luster. I think that's happened a little bit with Hard Knocks. But I do agree with you. Not a good idea for midseason Hard Knocks if you are the Colts. But for me, the football fan, for me, the sports geek, I love it. I'm all about it. I am Wesley Euler. You can get those tweets in. Last chance to get your predictions in. We got more rolling in here from a lot of you that I haven't seen in the mentions before. So this is awesome. Uh, When we come back here, we will get to your predictions. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit about the run game, what the Steelers have to do to have success against a Raiders team that has struggled to stop the run both last year and in week one on Monday night against the Ravens. And you know we're also going to sing the hype song. I'll give you my Here We Go song, Raiders edition, as we close things out. So everything on the table for our final segment when we come back in the 1 o'clock hour. You can get at me on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, if you want to join in on the fun. We're singing, we're giving predictions, and we're, we're making picks on the other side. So don't you dare go anywhere. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.